All right. By the end of this hour, you're going to know a little bit more than you do now, so don't touch that dial. I want to go over a few things that you might want to know. If you want to reach me anytime, email me at info at talkwithfrancesca.com. And if you miss part of the show or you want to hear any other shows, you can hop on over to my uh, iTunes page and listen to hundreds of other episodes of Talk with Francesca. My web address is talkwithfrancesca.com. All right. This show is sponsored by Terramia Restaurante in the North End, when you will only accept the absolute best in Italian food, great service, and an intimate setting. Terramia is your go-to spot. I know because it also happens to be my favorite, and there's also parking. And don't forget to tell them that I sent you. All righty, just a couple other things. Make sure that you wear your mask Things are getting a little crazy out there again. Uh, Kate McCarthy of Kate's Masks has generously donated 10 masks to you, my awesome listeners. So if you send me an email quickly, if you want one, they'll go fast. She's on Facebook at Kate's Masks at Keep Me Healthy 20. And they are oh so stylish. My favorite is the Betty Boop one. All right. And if you don't get one through me, you can purchase one for $5 plus postage for 3 bucks. All right, and now next, looking for a delicious housewarming gift for your socially distant holiday gathering. And I'm afraid it's going to have to be very socially distant this year. Look no further. McSweets has the most decadent candy imaginable. Uh, uh, Liz Raven says, calls it uh, crack. I brought her in a, a jar last week. Kind of funny. Um, so hurry up and email me at info at talkwithfrancesca.com to get your jar. And the first five listeners will get some yummy candy. And yep, that's what you put in the subject line, yummy candy. All right. I think we've covered everything. All right. So now, author Cynia Curran Finfer attended five different grade schools in four different states in the 1960s and 70s. Her book, Confessions of a Helmet-Free childhood. What do you think that means? Confessions of a helmet-free childhood. Chronicles 13 humorous mishaps of her boomer childhood and the lessons that she learned. She wasn't trying to be funny, but it just kept turning out that way. So uh, this is going to be really a fun show. Being a teen didn't always mean posting to TikTok while binging the latest series of Netflix and riding around on some sort of Wi-Fi-enabled hoverboard, right? Um, Back before the Internet was even invented, that precious time between being a careless kid and overstressed adult was really, really different. Um, At least we think so. It's hard to remember without having all of it documented on social media. I mean, God forbid, you know, your kid put something on social media today. It's there forever. Imagine a life with no influences or targeted ads on social media to tell people what to like. And if you did something embarrassing, well, it could all just be hearsay, and there's little or no proof. After all, it's been 50 years. So what happened to those days when your mother said, be home before dark? What happened to dogs running around without leashes? 
Well, Cynia is about to join us, and we're going to have a fun-filled conversation this evening. So welcome, Cynia, to talk with Francesca. Great to have you with us. I am delighted to be here. So it was really funny because, you know, I get lots of people who want to be on the show and send me emails, but when I got your emails, like, oh, yes, yes, wouldn't it be great to not talk about, you know, the election and COVID and, you know, you name it, right? Let's talk about something fun. So how do you think childhood today differs from when the boomers were children? And I know that's a very loaded question, but let's just see where that goes. Well, I'll say... In listening to your opener, there was something that struck me, was that, remember, when we were kids, television was not 24 hours yet. Um, the broadcast day ended with the Pledge of Allegiance and then um, a test pattern. And when I told my kids, who are now 23 and 21, that they just about fell over. And I think we were forced to create our own fun. Um, now kids today are, you know, have entertainment on demand, so you don't really have that, you know, muscle memory of like, okay, i got to figure this out. Whereas when we were kids, you know, we'd get under, I'm one of four, so, you know, my mom had four little girls running around in circles, and then she'd be like, you know, I've had enough of this, get out of the house, go out and play. And that was all the instruction we had, you know, so that might be going down the street and knocking on neighbors, hi, is Vanessa home? Could she come out and play? Could you imagine a kid doing that now? Oh my gosh, Um, yeah, I know. Or, or, you know, just... Just, we lived, uh, I grew up mostly in the Midwest. I was born in New York, but I lived in um, Michigan, Minnesota, Ohio, and Illinois. And Uh so I would say my childhood was much more physical, and it was much more tied to nature. And my parents weren't super outdoorsy, but you would go climb a tree or build a fort, you know, play in in a field. Right, right. Uh, Yeah, I know. I remember when I was a kid. I remember I, my best friend and I, we would just, like, walk up to the street, and I don't know, I guess it's probably about a mile, mile and a half. I don't know, but there'd be this this uh, place that had, like, a little fountain area, and sit there and have a, you know, a Coke or whatever, and, you know, then go back, maybe play some tennis, go to the, whatever. It was just, but, you know, and our parents didn't even need to know where we were, you know, and it's not because they were irresponsible. Exactly. It was just, I, I don't know, it was just. They did know where we were, right? They, they did. Well, I mean, I think the boundaries were, that were set were like, you know, okay, we knew, my, my mom knew school got out at 2.30, and it was be home before dinner or be home before the sunset. And so then people in the neighborhood knew that the kids started streaming in at 2.30-ish, but you might stop at a friend's house or you might stay at the playground a little longer. Your, t- your time was more unstructured and more unsupervised. But, like, you know, if I didn't get home, my mom was very concerned. There were also more eyes on the street. Um, there were more stay-at-home moms. There were, you know, um, the work week wasn't as arduous as it is now, so there might be dads mowing the lawn at 530. And even if you didn't know all your neighbors, you knew who was supposed to be there about what time. Um, and so, you know, you just, you had, a, you had a sense of flow, but people gave kids so much more autonomy at that time, whether, like you were saying, like there was just a place to hang out. There was an intersection close to my elementary school that two big streets crossed, and there was one corner that had a big field, and we all just kind of hung out there because we were welcome. Um, but I'd ride my bike to the drugstore to get some candy, or, um, you know, there was a gas station that we knew had a really good vending machine, and so, you, you know, you'd, you'd tell your mom, oh, you know, Val and I are going to go off to uh, uh, Marie's uh, 76, and off you went. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're making me sad. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about us. Every childhood is different. I mean, my mother had things that happened, but, I mean, I think the thing that was great uh, for this baby boom childhood, and I, I don't try to hold us up as the only 
the best and because we weren't we had all kinds of issues but i think right. we had this weird little moment in time where there was still this old-fashioned non-technology driven entertainment oh yeah but also the space age was happening you know man landed on the moon and like when you think of the movie toy story they really i mean that was sputnik and that was the early the late 50s but right. still the idea that we went from this just you know, playing cowboys and Indians to being a space, you know, an astronaut person. And what came with that was the metric system and consumer electronics and analog uh, clocks and calculators. You know, we, we were the kids who had to make that shift. Mm, I know, I know. But it is, it's sad thinking about it because it's just, I mean, I remember when I was young, and it was, when you were talking about going to the, the store, I remember, you know, it's like, in the summertime when we were out of school, I had two sisters and a younger brother, and my mother would just drive us to the beach, drop us off, you know, and then she'd give us our money for our penny candy, and so, you know, we'd play in the water and then walk to the end of the street, and I don't remember the name of the, the store, but, you know, there was all this penny candy, and it was just so much fun, you know, and so, it seemed so simple, you know, I think I'm dating myself, but, <laughs> but, it, it, so it's kind of, it's almost like it's, it, it's, um, a great conversation, but thinking about it, it's like, oh, it's kind of sad, you know, because kids don't, don't, you know, have that. Kind of, they've got one sport after the next, after the next. And, and what's even weirder now is obviously with the COVID, they can't even be doing that. So all they can be doing is like staring at their, their iPhones, which is, I mean, that's another whole topic. I'm glad that the, the toys aren't so gender specific because when I think of there were boys' toys and there were girl toys and boys got Lionel. Well, there's still boy toys, <laughs> and we got and we got you know we got yeah now boys' toys is a whole new thing now but uh, back then you know you know what I'm saying gender specific toys yeah, yeah. but um I and also there were dangerous toys we were laughing some of my friends were thinking about like remember darts which were oversized darts with um, a steel tip. And if you threw that thing pretty darn high, you came back came back to the ground <laughs> with murderous speed. Um, the other thing, I, you, did you have um, click clacks? They were two glass balls on a string, and you kind of went back and forth and back and forth. They were ba- banned at my grade school because somebody figured out it was really cool to throw them against the brick wall and watch the glass shatter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, so no more of those. Yeah. We do need to, Cynthia, sh- like we need to take a break, but when we come back, I'd love to talk sure. about what you mean when you say we are at the end of a free-range childhood. Listeners, stay with us here. Don't touch that dial. This is life, don't listen. I'm Francesca Luca, and you're listening to Talk with Francesca on 95.9 WATD. Noticing fine lines and wrinkles? Skin laxity or stubborn areas of fat that just won't budge despite your efforts? How about increased anxiety and fatigue? What is your body trying to tell you? With the power of Powell, you'll be able to get to the root of the aging process and back to the best version of you. Jennifer Powell offers Botox, Sculptra, skin resurfacing treatments, volume restoration, laser hair removal, body contouring, skin tightening, nutrient IV hydration, and more. Visit her new location at 222 Webster Street in Hanover, just off Route 3. Call 781-421-6544 or visit jlprn.com today to schedule your consultation. Jennifer and her team of specialists look forward to helping you understand your beauty from within. 
Located in Boston's North End holds one of our best-kept secrets, Antico Forno, ranked number nine of the top ten Italian restaurants around the world within the category of being one of the most authentic. With a welcoming family feel, it's hard to argue the experience you have when enjoying dinner at Antico Forno. Best known for their brick oven pizza, their world-class traditional cuisine does not fall far behind. Come enjoy dinner at Antico Forno and feel like part of the family. Open daily from 11.30 a.m. until 10 p.m. Call us today at 617-723. Three six seven three three, or visit us at AnticoFornoBoston.com. Your pets are family. Take your dog to the Dog's Den in Pembroke. Your furry friend will go from smelling crummy to yummy because Leah at the Dog's Den really cares. Whatever your pet's needs are, from dematting to extra scissoring, the Dog's Den in Pembroke has your furry friends covered. So call the Dog's Den today at 781-826-7008. Or visit thedogsdengrooming.com. This is life, don't miss it. Hey, this is James Woods, and you are listening to Talk with Francesca on 95.9 WATD. As Bob Dylan sang, the times that are changing. Traditional roles have definitely changed, too. Welcome back, Cynthia. Hi. Okay. Yes, um, so we were talking childhood. I, again, I, I would say the whole thing is this autonomy that we had, and also just that certain things have changed. School was over at 2.30 or 3 o'clock, and you didn't go straight home to do your homework, and there also weren't many after-school uh, activities. I think I was in brownies. Not unless you were I grounded. Was, <laughs> the only time you not unless you were grounded in a detention, exactly, right? Exactly, Exactly, and and that was that was harsh to be, to, to yeah, be yeah. left to only your own yard. Yeah. But I think the thing is, is that we weren't we didn't we weren't programmed Monday through Friday after school, and also our summers were very unstructured. I mean, again, my mom needed some structure so she could get some things done. So we might be signed up for swim classes, or we might have like a day camp for a, a week or two. But most of the summer was very lazy, maybe had a book or two you had to read for your next grade, but you just figured out how you were going to spend your day. And, um, you know, I I can speak both as a kid and as a parent. Uh, My kids are in their 20s now, but, you know, you had to get on it in February to line up summer camps uh, or you were going to be left without uh, plans. And so I think there's something with that space out time that maybe just, one day you were on the in the backyard playing with your dog or laying in the grass and making uh, daisy chains and watching the clouds go by. I mean, you just don't see that really unstructured time as much. Right. You know, the whole nature of play has changed. You know, when I was younger, I remember playing as part of a group, um, you know, with boys and girls. You know, I remember my next-door yeah. neighbor. I mean, we'd have, you know, a baseball game, you know. Um, but so often kids today are all alone with their devices and that, to me, is dangerous for kids socially. I mean, kids don't develop the same social skills. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah, and I think we'll, I would also quickly add that uh, adults are just as guilty. Oh, I yeah. You have to make a conscious decision to say, okay, I've watched the news, and I'm going to turn it off and read a book or take a walk around the block or something. So I, I, I agree with you. Oh, yeah, and I didn't even realize how important TV was to me until, and, and I'm not a huge, huge TV watcher, but I like to know what's going on with the world and the news, obviously. And, of course, it was the election. Um, so, but it was just, what happened was I had sold my home and I hadn't 
found a new one, and so I was just temporarily taking a month-to-month rental. So I didn't really want to get into a whole lot of, you know, extra stuff. I got my utilities and whatnot. I'm like, I don't even bother with TV. I don't need TV. Oh, my gosh. After, like, three weeks, like, I got to get TV. What do you do without TV? It's horrible without my TV, right? You know, and when I think about it, I don't even know what I really watch, but it's just, that's just the way it is, you know? Um, So, anyway... Love kids love the new thing. I mean, I think of, I, when when I was writing this book, I thought about the things that made my life easier, and like the garage door opener was a huge help. Um, color TV was astounding. I, and remember when a microwave oven finally arrived at your house? That was a game changer. That you yeah. could heat up a piece of pizza in you know thirty five seconds. That was living. I know, but you know what? We didn't have um, electronic garage door openers. We had to use the, the lever and pull up the garage door, right? Okay. Right. All right. right. Yeah. I mean, I mean life has become whoever. very, it has become convenient for sure in some ways, but I don't know. In other ways, you know, I think it's, it really, I think it's really changed things and not, not well, I mean, it's certainly for the better, obviously, you know, I mean, I, I don't even know how I would do what I do for work if I didn't have the internet, you know, <laughs> I can't, can't right, even exactly. imagine, you know, um, and we know that the internet has been just a total game changer, but, um, so, but, you know, kids are brought up to be significantly less creative, too. You know, the use of our imagination and our creativity, it's like TV dinners versus cooking dinners. Everything is, like, pre-done, right? Right. The hard part's been eliminated. <laughs> you know, um, it, I didn't even realize this until I was preparing this show, and I was with a friend, and we were talking about it, and he said, the kids don't know how to make change today, and um, because the machine just tells them, you know, what, you know, they, they put the money in, tells them how much to give them back. Do you know, I never even realized this. Well, anyway, I went into, so now, the other day, I go into a McDonald's, and I order a Diet Coke, and it's a dollar seven. So, I've got, like, so much change um, and I give the girl a $20 bill and 10 cents. So obviously she's going to give me back $19 and three cents, right? Because it's dollar seven. Well, I mean, see, how, right? I mean, but I know how to add in and count money because I was a cashier when I was a kid. And I mean, you know, I grew up in that, well, certainly you know, there was no such thing as calculators, but this, it was the first time. And I don't know why I never noticed it before. Um, maybe because it was, it was mentioned to me, but it's like she had no idea what to do. And she right. and I said, okay, you give me $19.03. And then I said, just forget the three cents, just give me the $19. <laughs> but she right. was really um, like, thrown. Kind of, like thrown, almost like disturbed. And I just thought that was so strange that I had never even noticed the that other before. Two things similar to that. And, and I mean, I, again, I, I have to strike a balance here because, you know, I, I think my kids had a really great childhood as well. And, and I say it's different, not better or worse, but different. But two other things that I've seen, my kids were both taught how to write cursive, but because it's not used, they have forgotten. And if I write my college-age daughter a letter in cursive, she's like, Mom, are you kidding me? Uh, and this is not just between her and me. I have a friend who works for a, a film studio, and part of her job as a graphic designer is to do, like, the friends and family screening um, invitation, and she got a men- memo back going, you have to rework the copy. Half the staff can't read it because it's in cursive. <laughs> oh, we're showing our so, age on this show, I, huh? I think I, 
But, I mean, you know, my dad took Latin. My dad can, you know, spout things in Latin. I didn't have Latin. So I think, I don't think, I, I, I don't go to a sad place. I think what I'm really trying to look at is the transition and also sort of celebrate the spirit and the goofiness of what we had to do. And I feel very lucky. I mean, one of the things that I got to do with a, a sixth-grade boyfriend, if you ever had such a thing, um, was go I into did. a museum. That was my first boyfriend. And, <laughs> and, and so you could never do that in a museum between motion detectors and a lot of guards. But we were in a museum on a school day, and it was really quiet, and there was this pretty little, you know, like an English dining room. And we crawled under the cord and sat at the table and pretended we were Lord and Lady for about three minutes and then crawled out and had a big laugh and ran away. And we didn't break anything. We weren't bad kids. We just wanted to do that. You could never do that. I feel so lucky I got to do that. Oh, yeah. You know, let's talk a little bit, Cindy, about attention spans. I mean, they are really being diminished significantly. People don't just sit and ponder things. Uh, You know, there's that constant stimulus from the devices. Can't really take in their surroundings. I mean, like, have you ever been to Europe? You go to Paris. What do you do? You take in the environment. You know, I remember going to Italy right. and having a long, long leisurely lunch. And, of course, you know, you land in the morning, right, so you missed your whole night's sleep. So I had just mm-hmm. arrived. I had jet lag for sure. And yet with my, quote, unquote, leisurely lunch filled with much wine, you know, I didn't even feel that buzz from the, the alcohol. It was just the ambience, taking it all in, really slowing down. You know, I mean, the Europeans, yeah. they've really got it right. But I, I will never forget that day because, you know, I'm a really very light drinker. And um, my husband and I at the time were um, with another couple that were from Italy that we were meeting there. And, you know, they wanted to take us to this wonderful Italian restaurant, obviously. And we... You know, just had a very, very, very relaxing lunch. Now, I had had absolutely no sleep. And yet, I was drinking wine and eating and hanging around all day. And, you know, what I'm saying is that it's just, it's, we're taking it all in. After lunch, did you wander through the neighborhood? Because, I mean, again, I think the thing of being on a vacation is the joy of getting lost. They're right. Um, and, and just exploring a neighborhood and going, oh, look at look at how beautiful this front yard is, or oh, look at that bridge, or, or gee, this river is so you know, so beautiful, whatever it is. I mean, right. uh, you, you get absorbed with your environment and very simple pleasures. And getting lost. I love that. Yes, it's the joy of getting lost. Although... <laughs> I don't know. It sort of it sort of depends. I I've been in Europe and gotten lost and and not no, remembering. Don't be scary. It depends where you get lost. <laughs> right. If, if you're lost in a good place, it's delightful. Right. 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 Okay. But anyway, so yeah, you know, it's it's there's just not a lot of downtime, you know. And I think that it's it's kind of interesting with COVID when we had the big lockdown. I mean, people people myself included, we didn't know what to do with ourselves. You know, it's like. <gasps> We had, to, you know, we're so used to going, 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 going. It's almost like the universe stepped in and said, "Okay, everybody, chill. <laughs> everybody, chill." Right? Exactly. Um, I want to shift here a little bit and talk about uh, mistakes being part of childhood. I mean, we yeah. learn um, from getting things wrong, right? I mean, that's that's what it's yeah. about. But you know, today it's it's how is that even possible with all the helicopter parents out there? You know, their their kids, you know, everything's got to be, you know, like I said earlier, you know, the games, they've got to do this, they've got to do drama class, they've got to do, you know, a, a drama after school, they've got to do soccer practice, they've got to do dance and music well, classes and piano to, classes. Yeah, I think you have to merchandise 
the value of failure. And um, Susan Blakely, who's the head of Spanx, had a marvelous father who used to ask her at the end of the day, what did you do wrong today? And he normalized making mistakes. And so she was kind of bulletproof when she started Spanx. She screwed up on some major things, but it all worked out in the end. And I think the thing that we do is we, you know, it's all about the A. And sometimes an F means one of two things. One, you didn't show up to class and you didn't do any of your work. Or two, you really don't get this. And that's okay. Let's go back and let's get this. Um, we joke that my, my son screwed up um, the, you know how you do a spelling bee in like a third or fourth grade? Mm. He screwed up on the word mountainous. Okay, for the rest of his life, he'll know how to spell mountainous. <laughs> but what I'm saying is I think there's too much pressure on getting that perfect SAT score, on being president of the class, and that the things I've learned, even just in putting this book out, mm-hmm. oh, boy, the things I've learned have basically more been my errors than things that go, go smoothly. And I think there's a real value in putting yourself outside of your comfort uh, zone and like you know it's okay we don't all win the game we don't all become champions of the league you do your best and 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 you, you take your lessons yeah, you know that's really um interesting you know talking to your child about what mistakes did you make today like it's it's part of it all i think that's fabulous i, I don't think i'm ever gonna forget this interview i i absolutely love that you know it's uh you know it, it's it's well, really you have to mer- the struggle. I mean, the thing, I'm, I'm self-employed, and some they've seen me work on a proposal, and maybe I think I feel really good about it, and I didn't get it. And instead of not talking about it, I do talk about it. I'm like, gosh, you know, I don't know why I got the X, I didn't want to get the XYZ account. I really liked it, blah, blah, blah. But then I'll watch who got it and what they did, and I'll circle back with my kids. Oh, well, you know, these guys got it, and they did. I didn't even of that, well, next time, now I'll know. Mm-hmm. Because they, you've got to show a path out of failure. You know, it's not just like the, 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 because I think these kids become too brittle. You have a Virginia Tech situation when somebody's identity is so aligned with their academic success, if you deny that from them, they flip out. Oh, yeah. Whereas if it's like, okay, I got an A, uh, I'm doing great in math, but boy, I just can't figure out, um, you know, my science class for all the tea in China. Well, none of us are all good at everything. So you play to your strengths, but it doesn't give you a hall pass to not try and learn the thing that's hard for you. Right. Um, We've got to take another break, but when we come back, I'm curious to know how you feel that the coronavirus has um, affected uh, children's playtime. Listeners, don't go anywhere. We will be right back. This is More talk with Francesca coming right up on 95.9 WATD. Tides is beachside dining at its best all year round. Located at the end of the Nahant Causeway, directly on Nahant Beach, the ocean views from the dining room in the pub can't be beat. Tide specializes in casual dining with food that's delicious, not pretentious. On a warm day, enjoy a frosty pint at their bar or their sun-drenched deck on Nahant Beach. Or enjoy an incredible meal in their dining room anytime. Tides guarantees you great atmosphere with superior service. The menu at Tides is full of fresh, high-quality seafood, prime rib, chicken, pasta, and pizza that everyone will love. Check out the drink menu at Tides for fun cocktails, 30 ice-cold beers on tap, and their well-rounded wine list with state-of-the-art tap wines. Tides is unbeatable anytime, summer or winter, lunch or dinner, rain or shine. Visit TidesNahant.com. New England winters can wreak havoc on our vehicles. Sometimes it's just not enough to wash and vacuum them. Sometimes a full detailing is in order. 
Do you remember the last time your vehicle was in such pristine condition? Remember how you felt? It's time to get that feeling back again. A full detailing from Holmes Auto Detailing can get you back in the driver's seat. Call Holmes Auto Detailing at 781-871-0807, 781-871-0807. Their gift certificates and remote starters make any car cozy in the winter. Holmes Auto Detailing, 2110 Washington Street in Hanover. The Casual Cup, located at 911 Washington Street in Braintree, is a must visit. With a sense of community in this busy season, you can expect to feel relaxed after a specialty coffee, a healthy breakfast or lunch. Everything is homemade and served with love from the super friendly staff. It's a must go to stop for a quick bite or a casual meal with a friend just to catch up. My personal favorite, homemade natural raspberry ginger tea. Pull out your computer if you feel like hanging for a while and try one of the many made from scratch delicious foods. Visit them at thecasualcupcafe.com. You're listening to Talk with Francesca. I'm Francesca Luca. The talk continues on 95.9 WATD. And we are back. And I am speaking with Cynthia Curran Finfer. And we are discussing how things have changed from 50 years ago when we were kids. So welcome back, Cynthia. Hi. So, all right. The coronavirus that has obviously affected playtime with children, um, how do you feel it has? I've been able to have sort of a bleacher seat on all of this because I have cousins who have children of different ages, and I mm. think it's different for different kids. Um, and they've said that preschoolers can pretty much go back to school if they're smaller little pods, and I think that's essential. It's sort of the social rock tumbler where you learn that you're not the only thing on the universe, and you might have to take turns and wait for somebody else. Um, I have friends who have kindergartners, and this is a very hard time because kindergarten is so so much of it is socialization and being part of something and it can be done there are some remarkable teachers who've learned how to be interactive but you really have to understand developmentally where these kids are at and how the curriculum has to um you know be adjusted and also i think different subjects lend themselves better to online learning than not i mean history probably great because you can drop in videos and things like that um, if you're trying to do something very involved, like calculus or something, I, I can see where different people are having different problems with it, and you need that one-on-one, -on -one, and Zoom doesn't really allow for that. Mm -hmm. Or you have something tactile, like my, uh, my daughter is an audio engineer uh, major, and I mean, she's obviously capable of dealing with being online, but there are certain classes that you have to get into the studio and you have to cal calibrate the equipment. So they've done a hybrid class for that, but there are things that the the smaller kids are not having that um, is is detrimental, and also the socialization I think is really key. That oh. said, it hasn't even been a whole year. Let's not get too hysterical because kids are very resilient, yep. and uh, kids have been through far worse and are going through far worse in other countries, That's and right. will bounce back. I, oh, yeah. I think what it does it puts on the parents that. Uh, yes, it's very difficult to work from home on your computer while your middle schooler is um, just across the living room. That is really hard. I, I, I salute all middle school and high school um, parents. But by the same token, you have to take a step back and go, okay, 
once we turn off the computer at 2.30, let's have the equivalent of cocktail hour and just not talk about homework and let's do something fun or get out of the house and do something and then have dinner and then take a deep breath after dinner and get the homework done with an eye to having a little free time before we close our eyes on the day. Uh-huh. Um, so I think, yeah, it, there's, it's been a game changer. Um, and some schools are doing a better job than others. And some kids are more resilient than others. Um, but I think it, 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 it really throws it at the parents as far as being attuned to how your kid's doing, what your kid needs, and what your, your school has um, as additional support. Right. Uh, Cindy, you know, modern technology has paved the way for, obviously, uh, multifunctional devices. Computers are faster, they're higher powered than ever before. And, you know, with all these revolutions, technology has made our lives so much easier, right? We talked about this a little bit before. But how has it diminished our capabilities, you know? I mean... Oh, I'll tell you the one that really strikes me is the reliance on GPS. The one. Uh, oh! I love maps. Oh. I'm a map nerd. I love, you know, like your your Italy story. Yeah. We went to Rome this summer, and yeah. I hadn't been in ages, and I had to look at a map, and here's where the forum is, and we want to do this, and where is that in relation to this, or getting lost in the neighborhood and then going back to the hotel room and looking at the map and going, oh, here's where I was. Yeah. Now, the thing that makes me insane is that um, kids will take a car and say, oh, well, I'm going to, and they've never been, and they'll just rely on GPS, and that usually only has, like, a five-minute lead time. Right. And I, I'm the kind of person, I need to know where I am in the macro, um, and I think there's something lost in that. Um, I think also with the calculator, I mean, that was, this was a big argument when I was a kid. My dad has a career in finance, and he's the kind of guy who's like, okay, so let's say your down payment is X, and you've got 17% interest over 35 years, your interest would be, I mean, and he could do that in his head. Right. So that's my dad. But by the same token, there are there was a big discussion when we were kids that can calculators be on the test? The argument for was you have to know the formula, you need to know how to apply it, or garbage in, garbage out. Right. But by the same token, I would say there is a value to having the mental gymnastics to figure out that equation. Oh, Absolutely. I mean, it's just, yeah. I mean, we were talking about that a few minutes ago with kids and, you know, the cashiers, you know. Right. I mean, they just, they can't figure it out. And, I mean, it's not it's not their fault, you know. Right. Um, not presented with the information, you can't know the information. <laughs> right, right. So, um, in your book, Confessions of a Helmet-Free Childhood, tell us one of your favorite stories from your book. Well, one thing that was sort of uh, a favorite is I faced down a bully. And I mean, I think that I was very little. I mean, I, I, I was 100 pounds when I graduated from high school. So can you imagine how little I was in fifth grade? And my sister was coming home on the bus with one of her best friends. And the local tough, Herbie, decided to just tease her friend Liz for no apparent reason. You, we've all been there, right? Yeah. And then she, her face flushed, so he doubled down. And it just made me crazy. And then I saw a, one single tear track down her cheek. And, you know, I just lost it and i got into his face and said you know leave her alone and what are you going to do and i i don't know (laughs) i've never done this before want to fight about it well i stupidly said yes well we weren't going to get into it on the bus but i i stalled saying i have to i have to change into my play clothes because remember school clothes and play clothes oh yeah Um, exactly changed into my play clothes to the house. And I, I mean, I knew Herbie. I, I don't think I would do this with a boy that I didn't know. But his high school age brother, Mark, answers the door and said, Hi, Cindy, what's up? I said, Well, I came to fight Herbie. <laughs> 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 really? Okay. So, let me go get him. 
So I could see through the front door that Herbie was watching TV, and he goes, uh, Herbie, uh, Cinea's here. She's come to fight you. <laughs> and he kind of rolled his eyes. And in that moment, I realized he, he, he had forgotten it. It was, it was, you know, water under the bridge. But he came out and slammed the door in front of his brother because he didn't want his brother to witness this, and he stepped out into the yard. And I thought, wow, good. I'm going to get hit on the yard, not on the pavement. And, you know, he sort of squared off. And I, I'm waiting for him to make a first move. I, I'm from an all-girl family. I don't know how this works. And so uh, he leaned in and he said, get off my yard, bitch. Well, fifth grade, that is a big, bad word. I just got knocked down from that. And he stomped off. And I remember having this wave of relief going, I don't have a scratch on me. I came, I stood my ground, whatever. And we, we went our ways. Now, I'm sure in Herbie's head, he didn't think it would be a good look to sock a girl on his front lawn. That would get back to his mom, and that would be a bad thing. But the other thing, pre-social media, that was the end of it. If this had happened now, you know, there would have been somebody would have videoed it. It would have been on, you know, Facebook or uh, Instagram. The parents would be involved. I mean, you had these kerfuffles and you moved on. Right. And I think the thing that, that I see as a danger with social media is that uh, it gives a life to these things. Yes. So yes. let's that, talk about social really, media. I remember feeling very empowered by that. I mean, that, that was not a word we had back then, mm-hmm. but saying like, wow, I stood up and it worked out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about social media. I wanted to cover that because, I mean, that's just, that's just huge. You know, I mean, it's just... I mean, every move you make is is pretty much documented. I know many years ago, um, when I first got into radio, I had an intern, um, a young girl. She was, you know, very good when she um, was working for me. And then she graduated from school. And, you know, I would see her on social media. I'd see her on Facebook. And, you know, she was partying a lot and, you know, was with a beer in the hand and kind of wild right. clothes and so on and so forth. And, you know, I... I thought to myself, you know, this is really a shame. This this girl has, you know, so much potential. She did a, a heck of a job for me when she was, you know, working for me. And, you know, if she's out there looking for a job, which I don't, I don't recall. I don't know why she would, or maybe she was. I don't know. But anyway, I thought, she's looking for a job right now. You know, this is what uh, potential employers do. They look you up online. Yeah. You know? They do. They do. And, and never to go away. Never, never. So, you know, even if you are just going through a stage, you know, because kids go through stages. I know I did. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm an adult and I'm still going through a stage. No, But, but, you know, I mean, we all have our different, you know, we all have our different chapters in our lives and our journeys. And, you know, in the times in our lives when, when, you know, life can become really challenging and difficult and we kind of act out and are impulsive or, you know, and, and, you know, I personally don't even... And I'm a radio host. I don't even bother to post on Facebook. It's just like, you know what? I, I just don't need it. Um, I don't want everybody knowing everything in, in my life. Now, from my, my work, I have a work page for Facebook. But, um, you know, as far as my personal life goes, I, you know, I, I just I want to keep it to myself. Well, it is, I think it's very skewed. You don't, you don't, you know, I said to my kids, look, people only post their good times. Just like you, when you pre-internet, you took photographs of your birthday party, the day at the beach. You didn't take a picture of here I am. Uh, doing my tax return, and this is when my car tire blew out. And oh, remember when the gr- uh, garage collapsed from that big snowball? <laughs> we don't capture those moments. So par- partially, it's artificially positive. And the the, uh, the other thing is that uh, the, Eng- the not the English, the Europeans have this the phrase, the right to be forgotten. Um, they have different internet laws that you know after. 
things can be taken away. Mm-hmm. The problem with American Internet is, yeah, you write it in Sharpie. If you did it, it's there, and it's there, so thank you for your post. Absolutely. I mean, social media has really exacerbated the difficulty, I think, of being a child in the first place. You know, I mean, it really, and it's like little kids, you know, um, you know, you're, you're 16 years old or 17 years old and your first boyfriend, you know, dumps you and, you know, now he's dating your friend and, and, you know, he's on Facebook with his, your friend and, you know, with his arms around her or whatever. And I mean, I just don't know how kids go through this. That'd be horrifying. Like, they just can't. I think it's a sensibility because when in the 70s, the line was fly low and avoid the radar. Like, you know, misbehave, but keep it on the down low. Whereas what I find is the, the generation right now, they're very confessional and profession, professing not in, in that I'm this or I'm that or I feel this. And, I mean, you know, usually before you discussed politics with someone, you get to know them pretty well and have a sense of their point of view before you launch into something. And now everybody goes from a zero to now hear this. And, okay, you know, I'm not going to be the police on this, but I think the thing that we had as children, we had our public life and we had our private life. And our home life was really, really private. You know, the only thing, the only people who knew that we went to the beach were our grandmothers who might, might have gotten some snapshots in a, in a letter. Right. Um, people right. didn't know about what went on. And, and again, the job search thing is really tricky because, again, mm-hmm. you know, who, who's looking for jobs? College graduates. How do you behave in college? Not so good. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, you really have to do a cleanse before you decide to join the adult world. Yeah, no kidding. We do need to take another short break. But when we come back, I want to sure. talk, talk about how to stay in touch with our inner child. Child listeners, don't go anywhere. This is life, don't this is Talk with Francesca. I'm Francesca Luca. We'll talk more in just a bit on 95.9 WATD. Tides is beachside dining at its best, all year round. Located at the end of the Nahant Causeway, directly on Nahant Beach, the ocean views from the dining room in the pub can't be beat. Tide specializes in casual dining with food that's delicious, not pretentious. On a warm day, enjoy a frosty pint at their bar or their sun-drenched deck on Nahant Beach. Or enjoy an incredible meal in their dining room anytime. Tides guarantees you great atmosphere with superior service. The menu at Tides is full of fresh, high-quality seafood, prime rib, chicken, pasta, and pizza that everyone will love. Check out the drink menu at Tides for fun cocktails, 30 ice-cold beers on tap, and their well-rounded wine list with state-of-the-art tap wines. Tides is unbeatable anytime, summer or winter, lunch or dinner, rain or shine. Visit TidesNahant.com. If you've been meaning to get healthy, this is the time to do it. At CrossFit South Shore, grit leads to growth, and the effort you give equals the results you receive. CrossFit South Shore offers classes of 10 people or fewer, along with individual coaching plans. CrossFit South Shore can guide you through nutrition plans, strength training, interval training, and accountability. Their monthly plans let you schedule half-hour classes for as little as $35 and one-hour sessions for $60. Once CrossFit South Shore assesses your fitness, they build strength and aerobic fitness in the areas where you need it most. Once you learn the CrossFit pillars of fitness, your life can be transformed. Your pets are family. Take your dog to the Dog's Den in Pembroke. Your furry friend will go from smelling crummy to yummy because Leah at the Dog's Den really cares. Whatever your pet's needs are, from dematting to extra scissoring, the Dog's Den in Pembroke has your furry friends covered. 
So call the Dog's Den today at 781-826-7008 or visit thedogsdengrooming.com. Looking for an authentic Italian meal in an intimate setting? Then you might just want to venture out to Boston this weekend and dine at Terramia Ristorante, a true gem among all those rhinestones in Boston's North End. This cozy trattoria with stucco walls and beam ceiling specializes in creative interpretations of Italian classics. Like the cuisine here, the atmosphere is elegant, yet understated. Since opening in 1993, Terramia Ristorante has aimed to convince diners that there's always more to Italian food than just red sauce. Over the years, the innovative and beloved restaurant has done a great deal of convincing. And best of all, it's reasonably priced. The best kept secret is worth the trip. Call 617-523-3112. That's 617-523-3112. Or visit terramiaristorante.com. Now for more talk with Francesca on 95.9 WATD. All right, we are back and we're talking about what it used to be like way back when, 50 years ago and being a kid and I am here with Cynthia right now. So welcome back, Cynthia. I'm there. All right, Confessions of a Helmet-Free Childhood. What a great name of a book. I love it. So how can we stay in touch with our inner child and really keep that, that play um, going, you know, that, that, that curiosity, that um, ability to... to seek, seek a variety. I think as adults we tend to get into ruts. Um, think about it when you drive to work. You've learned over time what's the fastest way. You know, like, oh, that bridge always gets backed up or whatever. Take a different road to work every day or to the grocery store or someplace you always go. Um, because how many of us live in a neighborhood, but we don't know what's three blocks over because we just avoid it because, well, it's not as fast. Um, I think there are a multitude of um, opportunities to do that. I also think be authentic. I think sometimes, and I think social media has made this worse, we try to be what we want, we think people want us to be. And um, I have a girlfriend that we were all going to go to a uh, food truck, and she just took a beat, and she goes, you know what, I hate food trucks. And she looked it up, and I'm like, oh, all right, well, let's do something else. Now, I know that sometimes I might have just been like, you know, to go with the gang or whatever. I'm not saying you should be brittle, but I think at the same time, be a little more authentic as far as what you want to do. And I had a boss who used to say, have a little fun every day. Now, sometimes you're having a really hard day. Trying to find that fun is hard, but there are things. And I think we get too caught up in our to-do list and, and press through, press through. And there's lots of air pockets uh, that you can take advantage of. And I also used, uh, I had a, a boss who used to say, turn out, don't turn in. That, like, if you hit... Um, a block in something, don't sit there and fester about it. Walk away from it if you can or f- find some way of having a break. Do something else so that when you come back to it, you come with some freshness. If you just sit there and try to grind something, mm-hmm. um, you're going to hit a stalemate. Absolutely. How do you think Iconic Kids evolved from the Brady Bunch to Ariana Grande? Well, again, I think, you know, I think Ariana's very talented. I enjoy listening to her sing. But I think the thing is, is that we've accelerated childhood so much. I mean, if you look at Christopher Robin, he was a six-year-old and he was wearing short socks with shorts, okay? A six-year-old boy was a very different thing then versus a six-year-old boy. And we're so, so in a hurry to make them little mini teenagers. Forget about it. I mean, uh, zero to 
Halloween is a very special time in a kid's life, and we look back on it for the rest of our life. Stop rushing it. Right. You know, uh, this was really quite some time ago, but I remember um, a friend who had uh, daughters who were twins, and um, they weren't, I don't even think they were 16, I don't know, but they were getting uh, nail tips done, and they were coloring their hair. You know, when I got married, I remembered painting my fingernails the night before, <laughs> you know? Um, right. I mean, my own fingernails, right? Um, I don't even think right. I was, I don't know if I was even 40 years old before I had my first uh, gray covered or whatever. But, you know, like, mm-hmm. it, these kids are it just, you know, I mean, this is like... But see, the kids don't do it alone. You have to put it on the parents for facilitating it. I would take that nail thing and say to your daughter, let's have a day of beauty. Let's have all the girls over and we'll all paint each other's nails and we'll try curling irons and you know we'll just have a total experimental day and make it more age appropriate they can't go to the nail salon unless you drive them and you give them money well, so yeah, let's yeah. not uh, put it all on the case you know what you're you're absolutely right and the the one thing that just sticks out like crazy is the prom dresses right um and of course again i'm showing my age but i mean when i went to the prom i wore my sister's um bridal uh, bridal uh, dress. A bridesmaid dress. Bridesmaid's yeah. dress, right. That's what we wore. We wore bridesmaid's dresses. And they were really pretty, and they were fine, and they worked, you know? I mean, now it's like $600 for a dress, and that doesn't include alterations. I don't know. I'm sorry, but I've got a problem with that. So <laughs> well, again, I would also put that on the parents. You set a budget, yeah. and you say, this is what we can do, and you go to the store and go, and, you know, we- I had this situation with my teenage daughter. I said, here's our total budget. So if you go long on the dress, you're going to be wearing shoes that are in your closet. Or if you really love those shoes, then we got to dial down on the dress. And then the necklace, you want a necklace? Look, And we got a fabulous dress for not very much money. And so she was able to buy a really nice little, you know, uh, uh, costume jewelry necklace and some shoes she really liked. God bless H&M and Forever 21 because she could be a hero for $14. But she felt like a million bucks. Uh, yeah. I was happy because we kept the budget. And I'm not going to hold myself up as the mother of the ages. But I think, again, when I hear this, oh, these kids, they're so materialistic. Well, they can't go to the mall without you. And if you give them a credit card, then that's what you get. Yeah, yeah. But the problem is that when you don't, then they're the only kid on the block that, that doesn't get it. You know, Boo-hoo. I know. Exactly. That's <laughs> what I... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, Uh, what do you think was the best thing about being a kid in the 60s and the 70s? I would say autonomy. Um, Mm. I was one of four girls. I think my dad only had a brother and he had a military background, so he could have been a much more different kind of dad. But I think he really wanted us to find our way in the world. And grades were important, but fun was important, too. And just this whole thing of, like, you know, go out and play. Figure it out. Entertain yourself. Because I'm not here as entertainment committee. You've got to find that. And I think the thing also is that um, we're so possessive. You know, I had girls on my street that I played with, but there were girls at school that I played with. There were kids I knew from brownies or whatever. And it wasn't this, like, why are you playing with her? You're my friend thing that I, I, I witnessed this dynamic sometimes with little kids. And you could be more of a floater. And, again, I went to five different grade schools. So I had was constantly a new kid, so I learned how to read a room and how to fit in. But I think all kids are capable of doing that. Do you think that your upbringing and the fact that you moved around so much made a big difference in your life? Yes. I think it certainly helped me for PR because I knew all the area codes and I knew how to pick up the phone and talk to a complete stranger. 
But um, the thing, the thing that I, that I did as a mom is we stayed put K through twelve. Yeah. Because I hated moving around so much, so I gave I, I gave my kids that, but I also tried to give them different things during the summer and and, and go on trips as a family. So it wasn't all about the the little social dynamic of it. But I, I feel very fortunate. I think that I got to have a lot of free time. I got to do a lot of things. And again, my parents allowed me to pursue my interests. I really liked horseback riding. My other sister doesn't care for animals. Um, I got to go away uh, to a singing camp that didn't interest my other sister. But So my, my parents celebrated our differences and supported the things that we like to do. Um, but I'm a person of very simple pleasures. I mean, mm-hmm. one of my girlfriends and I, we laughed that we could meet at a bus shelter with a cup of coffee and have a blast. It's not about fancy restaurant. It's about being with my friends. Right. No, I hear you. You know, it's funny. Um, it's... Um, it, there's uh, some classic toys that are still around. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know about your favorites, but mine was the hula hoop, you know? Oh, yeah. And, and now that's a great exercising tool, right? Yeah. So think about the Frisbee. I mean, the Frisbee was basically... My dog still loves that one. ...down to a toy level. <laughs> Yeah, well, my dog still loves the frisbee, you know. It's, uh, but I mean, the the uh, it, it's really it, it's funny. What um, what was your favorite when you were younger? Uh, there was I liked. Um, I loved the Easy Bake Oven. Oh, I thought that was just yeah. so because it was like a mini, and who knew you could cook something with a light bulb? Um, and there was an equivalent to that called Creepy Crawlers, which was like a oh, little metal yeah. pen that you put the scoop in. And you and it got really hot. I mean, I think that toy went away because probably people were getting first degree burns. But you took you transferred the hot tray into the cool water, and out came these little bugs. Then they had edible cre- creepy crawlers, which was fantastic. So I think like I liked things that like you were making something. But I also you know I loved my bike. My bike was my mm-hmm. ticket to freedom. Um, I loved the hula hoop because it was really fun, and there was always some girl who'd do it better. So you're trying to figure it out. And um, the Frisbee was a lot of fun, too, because you could be at different levels of play and still have a good time together. Exactly. Sydney, we just have about two minutes left in the show, and I'm just wondering, is there anything that I haven't shared with, uh, or we haven't shared with our listening audience that you'd like to share now before we say goodbye? I guess the thing, the thing that I was really puzzled with when I, I, this book came out in January of last year, and then some other stuff happened, I thought I'd be in a, a cluster of 70s books. And what I would say to my um, contemporaries is that I think we're uniquely qualified to go through this COVID situation because um, what we went through in the 70s, it was a very tumultuous time, um, and that children are joyful uh, by nature. And, and so try and not only embrace that in yourself, but make it happen for your kids. And it, it doesn't have to be a big production. The simplest thing of, like, baking some pre-made uh, uh, blueberry muffins can be really a great time, or uh, deciding to, uh, you know, uh, build a fort in the living room. It doesn't have to be a big production. It doesn't have to cost you a dime. Just make some fun. Oh, building a fort. That was my favorite. I remember when I was a kid. Well, Cynia, thank you so much for being on Talk with Francesca. It's really been fun. This has been terrific. Thank you so very much. All right. Have a nice holiday. You as well. Okay, it's time to wrap things up. We've got to say goodbye. Hope you enjoyed this show. See you next week, same time, same place. Make it a great week.